The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Text for our meditation this morning are the words that were read for you earlier from our gospel reading. Will you please pray with me? Dear Jesus, thank you for bringing us here today. And help us to be able to see you, to invite other people to come and see you in your word, you in the words we speak and in the actions we demonstrate so that those who are yet to hear and believe may truly do so. In your name we pray. Amen. One of the really great things I think about children is their enthusiasm and their excitement to be able to share things when they discover them. This past week, my wife and I were down in Houston, Texas with both of our sons and their families. And when we were in the backyard with the kids, the kids came up to me and they said, Grandpa, come and look. We found some feathers in this backyard. And they had all sorts of ideas about what those feathers might be. So I asked my um, daughter-in-law to send me a picture of them excited because I wasn't thinking about that when they brought me the feathers. So Emily had Will, who's on your left, and Gus is on your right. Will's uh, six, and Gus is three. And they found a couple of things that they wanted to share with Grandpa. So this is their excitement, their, their enthusiasm. And that's really one of the neat things for us to be able to think about. Jesus had some friends that he found who were also excited to be able to share with their friends about who he truly is. So today... We're here as we think about the theme. Jesus shares with us how we can invite others to come and see him. Now, this is an exciting time in the church year. You know, the church year is a little bit different than the calendar year, right? Because back in December, we were talking about Happy New Year, Happy Church Year. As Advent began, Advent was the time we prepare to celebrate Jesus' birth. And it's during that time period in our secular society that we hear all these Christmas songs and everything else like that. And then Christmas comes and the songs end, right? And the church says, oh no, Christmas is really only beginning. We've got 12 days to celebrate. Jesus is born. He's alive. This little baby that was born is indeed the one God promised to send. But you know, the Bible doesn't have a whole lot about Jesus' childhood, does it? Very few Bible passages. And so when we move quickly through those 12 days of Christmas, we then suddenly get to Epiphany. That was last Saturday on the 6th of January. The church celebrates how God revealed to the wise men that the Christ child was born. And those wise men followed the star to the house where Jesus was living with his parents. That was Saturday. So last week on Sunday, you celebrated the first Sunday after the Epiphany, and that was the baptism of our Lord. Jesus is suddenly 30 years old. 30 years. Wow. We take a big jump. But that's an important time for us to focus Think about what took place when Jesus was baptized. This is the only time in the scripture 
where we truly have all three persons of the Trinity present. Think about that. The only time where we have this mysterious revelation of all three persons of the Trinity truly there. Listen to what Matthew says. When Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up to the spirit, he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Think about how exciting it must have been to have been there. Now, we don't hear a whole lot about the people who were there. Went and told their friends, wow, this was amazing. God appeared, all three persons of the Trinity. But it happened. And it's something exciting for us to know, too. God the Father was truly pleased that he had sent this son of his into this world. The son who we promised to send way back in that Garden of Eden the one who would crush Satan's head, who would conquer sin, who would conquer death, so that you and I who believe in this one who came can truly have faith that our sins are forgiven, that he has claimed us to be his sons and daughters, and that he will truly be with us always, as he says he will be. Well, shortly after Jesus' baptism, John tells us in his gospel that this other John, the baptizer, was indeed there with his disciples, Andrew and at least another guy who is not named, and they see Jesus. And John tells his disciples, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The next day, Jesus and his disciples see Jesus again. And Andrew goes with the other disciple to be able to see Jesus. And as they walk along, they, they're just kind of walking along, and Jesus is there, and Jesus turns back, and he says, uh, can I help you guys? basically, <laughs> and they say, hey, Rabbi, where are you staying? It was their way of saying to Jesus, you know, we really uh, think you probably have something that you can teach us, something that's really important. That's the way they did it back in those days. Young men would want to be attached to a rabbi, to a teacher, because he could teach them things, wise things, that they could use that apply to their lives and literally become his followers, his disciples, his students. And so they were really saying to Jesus, we want to come and check you out. And what does Jesus simply say? Come, and you will see. So they went, and they found out where Jesus was staying. They stayed with him at least a day. And then Andrew was so excited that he went and he found his brother, his brother, Simon. And he had said to him, we have found the Messiah. We found this one that God had promised to send. Isn't that amazing? And who went 
Simon went then too. Wow, this is really amazing. We've been waiting for this guy. And he found him. And so he went. And Jesus said to Simon, because he knows all things, of course, you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. Now, all that is leading up to our gospel reading for today. Our gospel reading for today now then tells us that Jesus saw Philip, another guy who will become a disciple, and Jesus simply invites Philip to follow him. And Philip does. And Philip is so excited because he has now heard Jesus. He's discovered this is really the Messiah. So he goes and he finds his buddy Nathaniel. And he tells his buddy Nathaniel, this is the one. This is the Messiah. And he's from Nazareth. And Nathaniel's rather skeptical. He goes, come on. The guy's from a nobody place. No place. It's not mentioned in the Bible anywhere else. How can anything good come out of that place? And of course, his buddy Philip is going, come on, you got to at least come and meet him. Before you dismiss him, you got to at least come and meet him. But Nathaniel was skeptical. Do you know anybody who's skeptical? Do you know anybody who has doubts about Jesus? Do you have any, know anybody who has doubts? How can he really be the son of God and son of man? How can God really care about me? Why should I care about him? Everything's going well in my life. I don't really need to have this Jesus that you're trying to tell me I need to come and learn about. I need to come and hear about. Really? Why? But Nathaniel goes. Nathaniel goes and Jesus says to him, as he's coming toward him, look, an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. In other words, look, there's a guy who tells life like it is, things the way they are. He's an honest guy. And Nathaniel hears Jesus saying these words, and he goes, uh, how do you know this about me? You know more about me than I even know about myself, and I don't even know who you are. I've never even met you before. Which leads him to make a great confession of faith. Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. You're the one. And Jesus says, hey, Nathaniel, you haven't seen nothing yet. You've seen nothing yet. And the best was yet to come for him. For three years, Nathaniel would see Jesus do amazing things. And ultimately, he would see Jesus, this man he respected, this man who loved him, this man who had taught him, die on a cross for his sins, for your sins, for all of those things that we are ashamed of. Come and see.
Those were the words that Jesus said to Andrew. Come and see were the words that Philip told his buddy, Nathaniel. Come and see are words for us to reflect on today. Have you asked anyone to come and see Jesus? Who would you ask? Where would you take them? Where have you taken them? Where should you take them? To come and see Jesus. Come and see him. Come and see him as we gather together to worship him as we are doing this very day. Come and see him as you open up the Bible. Come and see him as you have questions and they have questions and you bring them to the pastors or to others who can help you. Bring them to Bible study. Come and see what Jesus has revealed to us about himself and about what he has done for us and all people, including the people who you know who are yet to hear and to believe. There are many tools God has given to us to share with people who Jesus is. Many people simply need to be invited. That's where the challenge comes for many of us, doesn't it? Do I really want to reach out and share with that person? Do I really want to talk with them? It may be uncomfortable in what I try to share with them. And the good news for you and I is that our God, the Holy Spirit, promises to be with us when we invite them to come and see Jesus. One of the things that we're going to be doing in the next few weeks, as we did last week and will be doing in the future, and in February on the 18th, 19th, is to have Reverend Greg Finke actually come and share with us. He's written a book called Joining Jesus on His Mission and How to Be an Everyday Missionary. One of the stories that he tells in this book is a story about two friends, Eddie and Mike. They had met when they were both police officers. And since they both played basketball, they played on the basketball team that the department had. And they enjoyed playing with each other and enjoyed hanging out with each other. Eddie was a Christian, but Mike was not. Mike, in fact, had grown up hearing of God's condemnation. And he was convinced that he was too far gone, that there was no hope for him, no possibility that Jesus really would have died for him and that he could possibly be in heaven. So when Eddie would offer to talk to him about Jesus from time to time, Mike would say, no thanks, there's not much there for me. But Eddie wouldn't push it. Eddie would just continue to be his friend continue to care for him, continue to pray for him. He was Mike's friend, even if Mike did not yet want his Jesus. And then one day, 
the Holy Spirit moved Mike in a way that only the Holy Spirit can to believe in Jesus as his Lord and as his Savior. And who did he go and tell? His good friend, Eddie. And today, Mike, by God's grace, continues to grow in his faith with Eddie and, in fact, is studying to be a pastor. That may not be the story for your friends, for the people you know, but the awesome news is this. The Holy Spirit is working. Jesus is working. Jesus is already working in our lives and in the lives of people we know. May God, by his grace, help us to join Jesus on his mission and share this good news that only he has given to us to share, that Jesus has indeed been born, died, and risen from the dead so that you and I might ultimately live forever with him. So come and see. Amen.